1: A
0: housing group for older people run by raise the roof. We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the 2nd and 4th Wednesday of the month at 5:30 p.m. on 3CR 855 on your AM dial.
1: Okay, welcome to Leonie and Shane here today in the studios to talk about the review of the Retirement Villages legislation. Look,
2: more than just that, it's absolutely review season at HAG at the moment. Um, The government keeping me on my toes in the last months of the decade. Um, I'm sure someone will call up to complain that it's not really the end of the decade until the end of 2020. That's not true, is it?
1: Isn't it 2019, the end of the decade?
2: No, if you think about it, the first year was not year zero, it was year one, so actually... I'm oh, glad we've clarified that for the listeners. The oh, real I issues. would have been
1: called out. Yeah, um, I feel like it's about time we got into the Roaring Twenties. Yeah. So tell us about these, this, all of these reviews that's going on at the moment.
2: So recently the government uh, announced, state government announced its review of the Retirement Villages Act from 1986. Um, you might remember the parliamentary inquiry a couple of years ago into retirement housing. One of the recommendations coming out of that was that they review the Act and organisations like HAG have been calling for the review um, for quite a while, the Retirement Villages Act, as it exists at the moment, is a pretty weak document. Um, I guess that's kind of obvious when you look at things like, you know, the Four Corners story on AVO or any of the any of the other um, publicity about retirement villages that's been in the media over the last few years. You wouldn't be seeing ripoffs like that, extortion, you know, extortion exploitation like that. Extortion. Extortion. I actually meant exploitation. I'm <laughs> just going to roll through. The um, exploitation of, of vulnerable elderly people like that. If there was adequate legal protections. So we are finally arrived at the point where they're going to do the review. They've launched an issues paper, which is about 60 pages long. Um, You can have a look at the issues paper if you're interested in responding uh, at the Engage Victoria website, which is engagevic.gov.au forward slash retirement villages act. Um, I should double check that address because it doesn't seem right. does no, it? No, it
1: seems right. I think it's probably not that easy to find, though. So perhaps what we'll do if is you just, yeah, we'll put, put it, it on in the show way. notes. But yeah. if you
2: Google "engage Victoria retirement villages," that that will find it for you. Um, the uh, as well as the issues paper, they're having some community forums. So mm. you've missed the one in Geelong, um, but we've got there's one coming up this Friday at uh, in Shepparton. And there's one next Friday, Friday week in Melbourne on the 22nd uh, in, the, in the CBD. Yeah. Um, so if you're able to get along to either of those, I think that would be great. Or if you'd like to make a written submission, that would also be great. They're receiving submissions up until the 6th of December. So not a ton of time. Um, I guess from my perspective, the issues paper is not all that we would like it to be. Um, in some crucial respects, it really seems to be missing the point about what the problems in retirement villages are. Uh, and so for we, we would say it's extremely important that as many residents of retirement villages as possible get in on this. Um, you know, one of the reasons that we've reached this point is because when they had the parliamentary inquiry, there was almost 800 submissions from residents of retirement villages. Um, and, and we need the same sort of turnout now. We need people to get up, whether it's at those community forums or anonymously or, or you know, it doesn't need to be anonymously, but making a written submission. Um, the government needs to hear those voices. So um,
1: can I just clarify, when you're talking about people that are living in retirement villages, what, does that include people that are in um, res parks as well? No, it does
2: not. We mean retirement village type retirement villages Yeah. Um, under the Retirement Villages Act. So um, that does include not-for-profit as well as profit-making retirement villages. Um, if you're not sure, well... I don't know what to tell you. You probably you probably know if you're living in a retirement village or not. You can always um, ring
1: us and, and ask if you're not sure.
2: Don't don't do that. Come Please on. don't. Come the, on. <laughs>
0: we want people to participate.
2: <laughs> um, look, if you don't know if you're living in a retirement village or not, it's probably a bit late to make your written submission. Well, I
0: must say, when I did my research into independent living units, there were some people who didn't know. So that that yeah. is true.
2: I'm not saying there's no confusion, it can be absolutely ambiguous, but if you're not sure if you live in a retirement village or not, I mean that in itself is something that you might want to submit on, Mm. but it's probably not the point where you want to start finding out about the kind of accommodation that you're in in order to make a detailed response to some of the other points. Questions about the definition of the Retirement Villages Act are included in the review. There is a list of, just flicking through here, 51 consultation questions. Um, they've got, I mean, they've kind of got the headings right for their consultation questions, but not really the questions themselves, um, I think is how I might put it.
1: And so are people restricted to answering just those questions or can they say what they like to say? Lordy,
2: <laughs> no, they can say what they want. So the, the questions are more of a guideline, really, is how I like to look at them. I've been drafting our response today and it mostly consists of telling Consumer Affairs they're asking the wrong questions.
0: So have you got an example of a question that you would read?
2: Well, look, in my opinion, one of the most important parts of this review is the area around uh, financial models and deferred management fees. There are three questions under that subheading. And when you think about, again, going back to the Four Corners report on AVO, one of the things that they identified as a big problem is that AVO have a financial model where after you've lived in the village for two years, you're liable to pay them 40% of the sale price of your unit when you leave. Um, Just, in my view, an extraordinarily... Uh, high figure mm. seemingly quite exploitative, um, arguably it may be a harsh and unconscionable term under the uh, Australian consumer law, but very difficult for people to kind of adjudicate that the, and that's you know that 's hundreds of thousands of dollars forty percent of the sale price of a unit is absolutely in the hundreds of thousands of dollars for living there for just two years um, and seems yet, extraordinary seems extraordinary, seems like something the government might want to consider. Um, the questions that they're asking about deferred management fees don't get anywhere close to should they be able to charge you 40%, you know. I'm not Any saying it should be this specific question, yeah. but they've declined to ask questions about should there be caps on the on the DMFs, should there be restrictions on the accrual rate, um, what should happen to a person who's paid or who's liable for a high DMF and then gets into a dispute with the operator, so... Mm. You know, ordinarily, the way this this vaunted free market works is that if we're not happy with the service that we're getting, we're supposed to be able to take our money elsewhere. But for retirement village residents, that really doesn't happen because if i've paid you know most of my capital to move into the village and i'm going to lose a large percentage of it to move out then i won't be able to find anywhere of comparable you know value also entering residential care which is
1: something you hear about as well those initial fees can be quite expensive so if you can't make any money back on your place what are you going to do about it
2: yeah so As well as uh, retirement village residents, who obviously are important parts of this review, one thing that I think is really important and likely to be missed quite substantially is the families and estates of Mm. retirement village residents. So again, thinking of DMFs and exit fees... Residents of retirement villages may, probably haven't had to, pay, almost by definition, haven't had to pay those, may not realise how big it's likely to be. It's mostly the families and the estates that have to deal with these exorbitant fees um, when their, their loved ones either pass away or, as you say, move into residential aged care. So I think it would be fantastic for families uh, of people who've left retirement villages to also consider either attending these forums or... Or uh, making written submissions, and if, is
1: there anything about disputes? Because you mentioned there about disputes with DMFs, and I know disputes is a big issue for our members. Is there anything in the issues paper that address, say, an ombudsman? Or uh, well, look, dispute? there is
2: a there's a part about dispute resolution. There's there's I don't know there's twenty odd subsections of questions here. Uh, one of them is about dispute resolution. Um, HAG's had the position for a long time that there is a need for an Ombudsman for Retirement Housing. Mm. And we were very happy that one of the re- re- <laughs> one of the <laughs> one recommendations of the coming out of the parliamentary inquiry was for the government to look into an Ombudsman for Retirement Housing. Now, Fiona, you asked earlier about the dist- distinction between retirement villages and res parks and other kinds of retirement housing. Yeah. What we've seen here is that the government looked at this recommendation that retirement housing ombudsman should be considered Mm. split it up so they're saying no we're not going to talk about other kinds of retirement housing we're just going to look at dispute resolution for retirement villages and then they say well now there's not enough disputes for us to consider an ombudsman Mm. so they've they've segmented up the market you know to the point that it's not practical yeah and then they've told us you can't have an ombudsman because there's not enough disputes yeah it's it's ass backwards so um, the reasons that we advocate for an ombudsman are, are still crucially relevant. Um, there are extraordinary and mostly prohibitive costs in dispute resolution for retirement village residents. Um, the civil claims list at VCAT is not uh, an effective forum for them. Uh, we've seen cases go to VCAT with legal costs in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I'm thinking of the Willow Lodge case that Calc ran. So it's just extraordinary. We've also, you know, heard again and again from our members and clients that that sort of adversarial process isn't what they want to engage with. Yeah. So the the demand and the need for an ombudsman is absolutely there. Kelk, sorry, not Kelk. Kelk. We love Kelk. Kav, <laughs> Consum- yeah. consumer affairs are backing away from the ombudsman. You can see them kind of trying to trying to discreetly leave the room when you raise that point. <laughs> Um, so, again, if you want to make submissions about the need for an ombudsman, that would be another crucial intervention to make.
1: Yeah. And so 60 pages on an issues paper with over 50 questions sounds quite complicated. But but if people do want to, um, some assistance in writing or, um, or maybe even accessing the internet to view these things, what, what's HAG doing? What's the retirement team doing to be able to help people make submissions if they're interested and they're unable to attend
2: the two forums? that are coming up. The, um, if you're in the studio with us now, you'd see me frantically flailing through <laughs> this 50 pages, 60 pages of <laughs> issues paper trying to find the details. Surrounding ourselves um, paper. HAG, as long-time listeners would know, has a retirement housing... Action. Accommodation Action Group, RAG. That meets monthly and they'll be dealing in part with the review. So you could give a, give a call to Fiona Waters at HAG and yep. ask her about the that group um you're welcome to give me a call at HAG. you can talk to me about what your views are and certainly that will be really helpful for me as i'll be um largely drafting our response to the issues paper um i reckon if you give us a call we'd be happy to print you out a copy of the thing sure of hates it when we print out paper but she'll 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 i'll cope with it
1: for this very good cause For this
2: very good cause we'll 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 be using non-reflex recycled paper only um but yeah i mean the 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 forums, I think, will be a good opportunity for people who can't necessarily, you know, make a written submission or don't want to or aren't obliged to do so as part of their employment like some of us.
1: But we're also happy to hear people's concerns and we'll try and document them and and kind of represent those concerns as part of our submission as well.
2: Yeah. And don't be like, don't be thrown by, oh, it's 60 pages, there's 50 questions. (laughs) Um, There is, um, if you go to the website, Engage Vic Retirement Villages Act, um, as well as the full issues paper, the website allows you to respond to six specific topics um, as, a, as a simpler alternative.
1: Mm, so those topics might be better management. or I don't
2: know what the topics are. Well,
1: say they are. Let's, let's hope that out of this we get we get some better management of retirement villages. Let's hope. Yeah, maybe a code of conduct
2: perhaps. Mandatory. Um, so the issues paper, Cav will consider the submissions they get and then we'll be looking at some options papers down the track. So I look forward to me complaining about the options <laughs> papers in a few months. In the months, next 10 years. Just like I've been complaining about <laughs> the issues paper today. Becomes,
0: when it becomes the, the 1930s, what
2: are they called? The 1930s.
0: <laughs> oh, oh well. we're going
1: to enter the roaring <laughs> 20s. We're all going to get our little frocks on and we're going to make some great submissions to the Retirement Villages Act next year.
2: No, this year. The Retirement Villages Act submissions due December 6th. Oh, so the, soon. Other review that I wanted to touch on, although I'm probably going to get wound up soon so we can talk about Fiona's star turn at the Royal Commission. That's not the reason, Shane. Thanks. The (laughs) Residential Tenancies Act review. Um, So again, listeners might know that uh, last year the Residential Tenancies Act Amendment Bill passed the Parliament, became the Act. Um, We're expecting a large suite of reforms to go into effect on July 2020 next year. Part of that is the regulations. So the regulations cover a whole lot of sort of subsections of the Act. So it's things like uh, the government has passed a law that says there must be minimum standards for rental properties, but what those minimum standards actually are will be set out in the regulations. Um, The government has said there are certain kinds of modifications to your home that you don't need the landlord's consent for what those specific modifications are, are set out in the regulations so the regulations are really crucial They're the um, nuts and bolts really aren't they the nuts and bolts yeah that's a good way to put it um, so that and the holes in the wall yeah well the no holes in the wall. <laughs> will there be holes in the wall we'll find out the um so they'll be consulting on the regulations that should have gone up we're recording this early in the week i think it'll be online now so, you should be able to go to engage.vic.gov.au forward slash renting regulations um, to look at that uh, consultation. The regulatory impact statement will be up. Um, and that's exciting.
1: In, that's, that's good reform. So, that's well, well, we don't know yet, I suppose.
2: But as go on, what we've seen is that the bill itself was very good. Mm. But again, these nuts and bolts are going to have a big impact on what it actually means in the day to day life of the average tenant. So one thing that we've been concerned about is that minimum standards include reasonable uh, energy efficiency requirements. Mm. And when we uh, have talked to CAV in the past uh, or talked to our our partners or our members, we've emphasised that insulation is so key. Um, We really want to make sure that we're not looking at a situation where tenants continue to, to be trapped by kind of exorbitant electricity and other utility bills.
1: Because their houses are so uninsulated.
2: Yes. But
1: unfortunately, um, insulation's a dirty word in Australia. In New Zealand... You
2: cannot talk to a politician about insulation. <laughs> in New Zealand, just they, they just the insulate it. just fluffing exactly. away in the back of their brains.
0: But the terrible thing was when we did, you know, have the big um, scheme... Mm. People who rented didn't get it get it. It was really only people who, you know, living in their own homes who bothered. Yeah. yeah,
2: so I can see that neither of my co hosts have listened to last the last <laughs> episode of this show where we talked about
1: this. Do you know why? That's because it hasn't been podcast, Shane. If it was podcast,
2: we would definitely be able to listen to uh, it. Oh, I think you'll find that it is podcast. <laughs> I Don't think it is. I bet our listeners are fascinated by this discussion. So
0: what did we miss out on? Don't Um, know.
1: We'll listen to the show because unfortunately we're running out of time for Shane.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I I start contradicting Fiona and suddenly we're running out
1: of time. (laughs) Bye. Nice to have you. No, seriously. Thanks heaps for coming in, Shane. You're always a font of information. You're great with the paperwork and you're right on top of all of the engaging submissions from Engage Victoria. So... At the show notes and on our website, we'll pop some information down and you're always welcome to just give us a call or drop into our office and find out more. So thanks heaps for coming in, Shane. Cheers. See you soon.
0: Brought to us by the People's Committee for Melbourne every Wednesday at Mm 9am. City Limits is Melbourne's only hour devoted to our urban environment. To transport and planning and housing issues. To privatisations and our utility services. To building and or maintaining a sense of community. 855 on the AM band, if we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog. City limits.
1: Okay, welcome back. Um, Leonie,
0: over to you. Yeah, hi Fiona. Um, So recently you attended the Royal Commission into aged care yeah uh, and you gave evidence I did in Melbourne I which was pretty amazing yeah um do you want to Tell us about that experience.
1: Yeah, so we were approached by the Royal Commission a few months ago and we had a phone conversation originally with um, a whole bunch of their lawyers and advocates about homelessness and older people and the aged care system. And it was about a two hour long discussion and we talked about a whole bunch of issues. And then they invited us um, to, through a, what's called a notice to give, which is kind of like an official court thing to say, give us your written statement. So uh, myself and Jeff, um, who's a long-term worker at HAG, pulled together a whole bunch of information um, and sent it off to them and then they asked us to appear, so they summoned me to appear um, as a witness in the Royal Commission which was um, in Melbourne in the Federal Court right near Flagstaff Station.
0: Did, and did they make that decision after they saw your submission? Or, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Based so on the quality of the submission? Well yeah
1: and yeah. the information that I think um, no, other, no other agency has actually touched on a lot of these issues around mm-hmm. people living in private rental and, yeah. and aged care. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, after they looked at the submission they Invited us to come in and actually speak to the Commission um, and and have the lawyers ask the questions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it, it was um, all of the um, the transcripts and the video are all up, up on the HAG website if you want to have a look. Yeah. And it really, I, th- I thought that your presentation was fantastic, oh, by the way. Thank you. Um, so, just, just in case people are a bit unsure about what that aged care, you know, the Royal Commission was actually, you know, meaning, what was looking into. Yeah. It's basically residential care, retirement housing, not, home care uh, packages. Unfortunately, not retirement no, housing. Not retirement housing. Yeah,
1: we tried to. Originally, we actually input it into the terms of reference, and we really urged them to include retirement housing because a lot of it's the same stuff. But yeah. they actually no, they didn't want to look at it. They didn't want to look at that. And a lot of the media's been around, focused on nursing homes and resi care, and all of the yeah. terrible things that have been coming Going out. On, yeah. yeah. But um, but our focus was more on care in the home, yeah. and also the assistance with care and housing program, which is actually classed as an aged care program um federally yeah yeah through the government's funding
0: Mm, so why do you think it was so narrow
1: um i don't know but Mm. i I think it has been really useful we have managed to get a bunch of stuff out there and and we were talking about um in we're under what's called the diversity stream so they class people at risk of homeless as diverse, diverse same as they they class um you know Lesbian, gay, transgender, bisexual people um, and culturally diverse people and Aboriginal people. So all of those groups were talking on the same week in Melbourne. So it was a whole week dedicated to diverse groups mm. who have been named as diverse under the Aged Care um,
0: Act. Simply based on statistical yeah. incidents. Yeah. That could surely be the only link. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know why, but it's, it's good to have an opportunity to focus on people that I guess you don't really think about um, in terms of mainstream aged care provision. No, and,
0: and, and your evidence was highlighted that. Yeah. yeah. And so the next bit actually is a little bit about that. This yeah. is you talking to the commissioner about um, barriers to people accessing home care yeah. because of their housing status yes. which is something yeah people so, haven't thought about no. yeah
1: so we have got a little bit of an excerpt of the recording which we might just listen to now and um so this is the the voices you can hear is my voice and also the barrister who was asking all the questions yeah she was great she was very good wasn't yeah. she okay we'll do that now hang on one sec what does what what risk um to aging in place does homelessness present um so Over the last, I don't know, however many years, there's been a focus on being able to provide as much support in the home to allow people to stay in the home as long as they can to prevent premature entry into residential care. And these days the percentage of people in residential care is quite small compared to the overall um, older population. Um, That's all predicated on an assumption that somebody owns their own home and has safe housing. It's very difficult to be able to provide home care in the home, whether it's um, Commonwealth Home Support or a home care package, if that housing is inappropriate, um, insecure, unaffordable. Mm. So it really is an underpinning assumption. It also assumes that um, an older person owns their own home and will be able to sell that home in order to move into residential care. So that's not necessarily the case either. So over the last 10 years, we've seen a real change in the demographics of older people and their housing circumstances. Um, We're seeing people who are retiring without having paid off their mortgages. Um, We're seeing more and more people in private rental and more and more people in private rental paying unaffordable amounts of rent. This is just clearly seen in the statistics that the ABS produces. So if you have a look at those statistics, you can see that things have changed. Um, People are either not achieving home ownership at all or falling out of home ownership. And this has really big implications for the delivery of home care.
0: So I know I thought that was very interesting. I listened to the entire transcript and there was lots of diff- interesting topics, but I yeah. only have time to choose a couple to talk about. Um, those, it sort of feeds into the invisibility of the homeless, doesn't it? Yeah. That, that, that people who don't own their own homes, hitting, um, re- well, not retirement, hitting needing to be cared. Yeah. Uh, are not really set up.
1: The system is not set up yeah. for them. Yeah, it's the assumption. The whole system is built on the assumption that people own their own homes. Yeah. Yeah, so it was great to be able to talk about that and I yeah. could tell from the Commissioner's face that she really was not expecting that information no. at all and it made her think a lot I think because she at the end she sort of said oh wow we need to yeah. work out a way of of elevating this issue so yeah, she was clearly really engaged yeah um, yeah and
0: the excerpts from her 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 talking is towards the end but she she was obviously following it very very closely yeah 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 she was um which is interesting talking about her because the interim report has just come out, yeah, and it was unbelievably scathing. It was, and it was titled uh, "Neglect." Yeah, the that whole was, that was the monster title. Monster document, <laughs> yeah, or just to the interim report. Neglect. It was. And there was a few things in it that uh, not – didn't, I didn't see the word homelessness mentioned, no. but there's certainly things in there. Uh, she was talking about face-to-face, the need for face-to-face services, yep. which you talked about a lot with her. Yeah. Um, and we've got an excerpt. The next excerpt is a bit about talking about face-to-face Yeah. Shall we hear services? it now? Let's, yep. let's pop it on. Thank
1: you very much. Yeah. Um, we were talking before about um, possible training of my aged care operators. Yeah. Um, is this a topic that, in your view – uh, should be able to be tackled in appropriate circumstances.
0: Yeah, for telephone
1: operators, or is it too sensitive? I think, I think relying on a telephone or internet interface for people, older people, particularly people at risk of homelessness, is not an adequate way to for people to navigate the system. It shouldn't be the gateway for people. Um, what we've found is that face to face supports work best, and that people come to services that they trust and that they know. Um, and if you're in a trusted position, you're much more likely to be able to have that conversation, and I think that will be reflected through all of the diversity discussions that you have this week. It's all around trust um, and building up that rapport, and that's certainly what we found with our Homelessness Action Plan and why we continue to advocate for the need for face-to-face support for people who are vulnerable.
0: Okay. We're back. We're back? back? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that the issue of the face to face services, yeah, I, I mean it's in a sense it's just such a no brainer. We all know that older people are not that necessarily that great. Um They weren't born into the computer era. Yeah, dealing with computers is not natural to, to a lot of them. Yeah, and yet we have this as the principal portal for, to them, which is called. um is it My age Care? The My Aged Care Gateway, yeah. Can you talk – have we got time for you to talk yeah. briefly about that? Well, I think
1: I mentioned it a little bit in the excerpt. The whole system now is set up um, with a call centre and there's about 400 call centre staff that I believe are based in Queensland. So anybody that wants any type of aged care at all, back in the day you used to be able to go to your local council and, and have an assessor come to your home and you could talk about options and all that stuff um, – that's not the way it is anymore. So even to get basic age care, like personal care, so showering or shopping or getting your washing hung out, or any kind of like um, if you've got higher needs and you need you know more regular stuff, sure. But a lot of people just want a bit of home care, a bit of cleaning yeah. around the house, yeah, a bit a of, of shopping, yeah, yeah. Uh, or assistance to get the shopping in, mm. um, and showering. That, that's yeah. right. And that that even that you have to go through a call center. Oh. So if if you've got other complex things going on like you can't hear very well on the phone yeah or you speak another language (laughs) yeah or you don't have a place to live yes because you're bumping around from pillar to post staying with friends and family etc it's very difficult and Mm. you've got to tell your story to someone on the end of a phone that you've never met before yeah talking about you know perhaps your kids are being horrible to you or perhaps Mm. you're feeling really like Mm. you know in a bad way so obviously face to face is better it is a no-brainer but They've changed the whole system. Mm. And I think one of the things that came out of the interim report that was really great was people need service navigation. Yes. um, And people need assistance to navigate through the increasingly complex.
0: Yeah, and people – and this was something that the the commissioners said over and over, they need to be treated with respect and care. Yeah. It's a time of your life when you need people around you and you need to be looked after not – not just turned into a number on the end of a phone. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And there was quite an interesting Q&A
1: the other night talking about aged care um, and it mentioned um, ageism. So they had an yeah. a, ageism expert from, from the US. They, I, I read the word in the,
0: the internal yeah. report,
1: ageism, many times. Yeah. And yep. that's right because – and people were talking about it coming from a capitalist perspective. You yep. You're not – you're not contributing to capitalism once you're no. stopped working, no. and so people don't care anymore. It's a, just a deficit, yeah. population, and they yeah. lock people away, and they and they don't want to, um, yeah. you know, and that's why these terrible things are happening behind closed doors. But yeah. of course, it's not just about nursing homes, and that's mm. that's why it is really great that we got to talk, talk yeah. at, to the commissioner yeah. about slightly left of field for her at least, and yeah. for the. For the commission as a whole, mm. um, the the report's not due out. The whole report for a while. And one of the commissioners died. I know. Yeah, bad timing. Yeah. But um, hopefully the, the the big report – I think they wanted to get something out quickly because they were so – sh- yeah. yeah. They wanted some change to happen straight away. So
0: The language is very strong. It's really great read. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a terrible read, it's, but it's a great read.
1: And very, really respectful of the time that people took to yeah. give evidence because yeah. they've been having hearings all over the country. It's just
0: a wonderful document. And yeah. it's, you just Google interim, interim report, yeah. Royal Commission, it'll come up.
1: Yeah. And we might pop it up on our website yeah. too.
0: Yeah.
1: We're just about out of time, Leonie. Action-packed.
0: Yes. Action-packed <laughs> this week.
1: Um, we'll put on the show notes some of the stuff we've talked about today. Of course, if anybody has any um, housing issues um, and or even systems navigation issues um, and they want to be able to have a talk to somebody, of course we are – able to provide face to face. face to face. It's good, isn't it? Um and so you can actually call our office um, and the phone number is nine six five four seven three eight nine or you can call our home at last service for free and that's one three hundred seven six five one seven eight. So yeah, um thanks heaps. Leonie, for your amazing dedication to looking at that transcript.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I thought it was ab- absolutely riveting. It wasn't the least bit dull, not a moment. That's good. Mm. It's because you care. Yes. Yeah.
1: And if anyone <laughs> wants to get involved in the Retirement Villages review or hear about more about the Residential Tenancies Act, of course, check our website or give us a call and we can talk you all through it. So that's all we've got time for. Thanks a lot and um, we will see you soon. Yep. Good afternoon.